slogan here. We've got those birds that walk around with their cards and the bikinis here. And we've also got the mirrors. MMA expert Simon Head. Hello, Simon. How are you doing, Rob? Oh. How amazing is this atmosphere? Oh, they're, they're really pumping. But, so we've gone to the prelims there, John and Good. First up, we've got Terry Etienne against Edward Falalota. Now, the official programme says this is an intriguing, lightweight clash. But, you know, Etienne's coming off a loss and he's been out of action for 18 months after his last defeat against Rafael dos Anjos. And, you know, Falalota's coming off two losses. What's actually at stake here? Well, for Edward Falalota, his UFC career could be up for grabs just because he's lost two straight. If you lose three straight in the UFC, usually you're toast. You're gone. He has to win this fight. He fought previously a welterweight. He's now dropped down to lightweight. But he's taking on uh, one of Britain's most skilled jiu-jitsu fighters in Terry Etting. This guy, he lost to Rafael Dos Anjos. No shame in that. Dos Anjos is a world contender. He's top draw. Really got to step up here now. His jiu-jitsu is superb, and that's what we're going to look to in this fight against Eddie Falaloto, the former uh, US Navy uh, representative. It's getting even louder here. I can't even hear my own voice, and that's something special. Simon, quickly, what's your prediction for this fight? Terry Etienne will win by submission. The gladiator music you can hear in the background is the UFC going live across the world. And live in the UK on ESPN. We'll we'll leave you right now. We will come back after this fight with the verdict. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Leon Roberts called the stop for this contest at 17 seconds of the very first round. Seventeen seconds, Terry Etienne. Does that even count as a fight? In the replay with Joe Rogan, who incidentally I think is having trouble with the accents of both Terry Etienne and John Maguire so far. They replayed the match in whole. That was astonishing. Our photographer Toby just come running over to the table to tell us he got more pictures of Etienne celebrating sitting on the roof of the cage than he did of the fight. So short was the fight. Seventeen seconds. Falaloto went straight in, went to shoot. Etienne sunk, basically jumped on him, flying guillotine, sunk it in deep, and the fight went down onto the floor. He couldn't do anything about it. He tapped out. That was an unbelievable performance from Terry Etienne. He's walking past us right now, high-five in the media. Unbelievable performance from the Scouser. That was world-class jiu-jitsu, Rob. A sensational win for Terry there, and this crowd in Birmingham absolutely loved it. So next up, sorry, we've got Diego Alves and Papa Embiidi. Now, it's bonfire night tonight, the 5th of November, and we're expecting more bangers here than anywhere else across the UK. Dogs are going to be scared of this fight. It's not going to be technical. Is it? No, we're going to have two guys walking into the ring, basically looking to take each other's heads off their shoulders. This is going to be explosive. It might not last long, but for as long as it does last, oh boy, this is going to be exciting. You've got Thiago Alves. He previously has fought for the World Worldwide title against John St. Pierre. He has destructive Muay Thai. Great knees, great kicks, great punches. Happy Abadi. Got heavy, heavy hands. And a lot, of, a lot of smart money leading into this fight is going in on the Swedish chain Zaire fighter, Papi Abadi, who looks absolutely ripped 
in the weigh-ins yesterday. Just one more point before we go to the next fight. Today, uh, we've been very lucky to be playing on the new uh, UFC game, UFC Undisputed 3, which is out on February 14th. We've been having a little play, haven't we, Side? I mean, I have to say, Terry Etten, the decisiveness of his win today, it's a little bit like when I've been kicking your ass, isn't it, on the game? I was I, I was owning you for about an hour, and then you took over as Roy, Roy Big Country yeah, Nelson, yeah, yeah. and I couldn't do anything with the belly. I couldn't beat the belly. Yeah, but, well, that's your personal life. Let's move on to the next fight. Referee Dan Murgiano is going to stop to this contest at 3 minutes, 32 seconds of the very first round. Play the winner by tap out. joking that Tiago and Papi would be throwing bangers. It turns out they're actually throwing bombs at one another. But, you know, that shot that Tiago gave Papi just before he went down for the submission, he was on rubber leg street, wasn't he, Simon? Oh, he was doing the chicken dance. He, it started out, they were both trading really big shots. Papi evading more than his fair share of big shots as well. He landed a great front kick early doors. And he raised his face with that one as well. It looked, it looked like it looked like Tiago Alves was going to be in for a long night. Zabadi was standing in front of him, giving as good as he could get. But then, midway through that round, Alves landed that big right hand. Then the legs went, and he swarmed him, took him down. Looked like he was going to ground the pound in vicious elbows on the, on the ground. But then Abadi circled up, rolled over, and Alves sinks in the rear naked choke to get his first ever UFC submission win. And didn't the crowd love it? Well, they, they, they chanted more for him than they did for Terry almost, but... Yeah. It was an astonishing performance. I mean, he really did do the business. And that puts Thiago Alves right back in the picture in the 170-pound uh, division. The only question mark at the moment is making weight. He failed to make weight first time. He has to come back and do it again. But there's no question. Put him in the cage. Give him the opportunity to stand and trade with people. And there are few in the world who can live with Thiago Pitbull Alves. A smashing fight, and next up we've got Brad Pickett versus Henan Barrow. With all due respect to Barrow, our interest is with Brad here, isn't it? And you reckon that he's quite the sleeper British talent, don't you, Simon? Definitely. I mean, Brad Pickett should be more famous in this country than he is, because you look at the UFC, you look at mixed martial arts, there's been no British world champion in the UFC, and arguably... This man, Brad One Punch Pickett, could be the best man for the job. Michael Bisbee is knocking on the door at 185 pounds. Dan Hardy has had his opportunity at 170 pounds. But we're looking at Brad, Brad One Punch Pickett. He is coming in. He could be a world title contender. He wins this fight. He's likely to be next up for a world title shot. It's our co-main event. Who are you going to pick, Simon? Pickett by knockout. Ladies and gentlemen, this is...
nine seconds on the very first round. Declaring the winner by tap out due to a rear naked choke. Service, uh, Brad Pickett had a sensational entrance, amazing support, but there was no fairy tale ending for Brad Pickett, was there? No, unfortunately not. As good as Brad Pickett is, and as well as he performed in there, he landed some great shots. Henna Burrell was just that little class above him. Now, Burrell hasn't kept that sort of company before. Pickett was by far the strongest fighter he's faced in his career. But that was an acid test for him, and he passed it with flying colours. He outstruck Pickett. He landed an absolutely huge knee, which floored Pickett. Pickett, amazingly, and huge credit to him, survived the onslaught on the ground, he avoided did. any further punishment. But in doing so, uh, he managed to actually get the fight almost back up to the feet. Burrell took his back. And even then, Pickett managed to stave off multiple submission attempts before eventually succumbing to a rear naked choke. Pickett fought very bravely, but Burrell was world class. There were serious pair of chins out there, weren't there? It was, yeah, I mean, some of the shots that were landing. Bearing in mind, these guys aren't wearing boxing gloves, Rob. They're wearing four-ounce UFC gloves. These things are—they're basically like uh, weightlifting mitts with a bit of padding over the with a bit of padding over the knuckle. These aren't really there to, to sort of soften the blow on, on the guy's face. They're purely there to protect the hands. And both of them were landing clean. They were landing with regularity. But in the end, it wasn't a punch that did it. It was a flying knee from a very dangerous-looking Brazilian. He looks good for a title shot now. Well, as Barai walks past us, he's absolutely ecstatic. But Brad Pickett will come back, Chris. We look for more for him through the future. Uh, on to the main event now. It is Chris Laban versus Mark Munoz, of course. Now, you know, there has been a little bit of criticism about this match as a headline. There's not enough star power here for the UK show. But in a packed middleweight division, this is a real opportunity for these guys to break away from the pack, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I don't buy into all this talk about, you, you know, the card's not strong enough or whatever. This is as competitive a fight as you can make in a middleweight division. Granted, the title's not on the line, but Anderson Silva can't fight every big every big middleweight fight. This is a legitimate top draw middleweight contest. It's making history too because it's the first five-round fight, uh, first five-round non-title fight. That's never happened before. The UFC have decided that the fans need more value and that the top fight on the card should always be a five-round main event, regardless of whether there's a UFC belt on the line or not. These two guys, both of them bring the fight. They come to fight. They don't take a backward step. Mark Munoz is an almost Olympic-caliber wrestler. He trains many other MMA superstars how to wrestle for MMA. He's excellent, and he's got big punching power. And if he gets you on the floor, his patented Donkey Kong punches that he rains down from the top position have finished many a fighter. You look at Chris Lieben, the guy is he's a hero. He's an animal. He's the crap. Listen to the reception when he comes out later. He's so popular, and uh, he's the crowd favorite going into this fight. He does not take a backward step, and he's admitted himself. He'll take two or three shots on his own chin to land one of his own. That's how confident he is in his punch power. That's how confident he is in his chin, and he's backing himself to beat Munoz and go one step closer to taking on Anderson Silva in a rematch. We're expecting another huge star reaction for Laban. We'll be back after this. The main event of UFC 138.
Shots just gobbling them up for fun. And although Munoz seemed to be able to tame the beast at times, Laban was just swatting him away like a dozy bear, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, Chris Laban has a, a flagrant disregard for his own face. He was, as we said before the fight, he'll walk through shots to take to give shots of his own. And Mark Munoz, as he said in his interview just now with Joe Rogan, he went back to basics. He went back to what makes him the strong competitor he is. He went back to his wrestling, and it was the wrestling that won in the fight. Uh, his eye was a mess, though, wasn't it? Yeah, he cut, he cut Chris Lieben's eye. There was a, a brief, uh, a brief pause during the second round. Wanted the doctor have a look at it, and uh, the doctor said it was okay to carry on. They got to the end of the round, and uh, Lieben immediately couldn't see out of it. Um, which, which for a fighter is something so difficult to do. You don't want to, you don't want to end on your stall. You want to fight. Lieben is the ultimate competitor. If he's decided he can't see and he can't really do it, um, and he's, he's called him in and made that decision, you've got to respect that. I was a little bit disappointed with the reaction of the crowd, to be fair. Munoz is a really respectful guy. He's a top competitor. He's got, he's, you know, there, there's nothing bad you can say about him. Um, and, you know, the booze were understandable in as much as the crowd favourite didn't win the fight. I thought Munoz deserved a bit more respect in there after, after earning the victory with a very, very, very strong performance. And how do we feel about the card as a whole, side? I thought it delivered. I mean, you know, there, there were exciting fights. It's just a shame that that final main event ended on a, on a corner stoppage rather than what you would call a sporting conclusion. Um, but that said, we've had, we've had a bit of everything. We've had spectacular uh, striking. We've had knockout finishes. We've had... Uh, an unbelievable submission finish, 17, 17 seconds, by uh, Liverpool's own Terry Etim. Uh, Thiago Alves announced his re-emergence on the welterweight scene. And in Henan Burrell, we've seen a bantamweight who's capable of getting in there with Dominic Cruz and giving him a real run for his money for the UFC bantamweight title. I'll tell you one thing that didn't deliver, though, Si. Go on. Your predictions. Thank you for joining us on this UFC 138 podcast.